0: Namu tassa, bhagavatu,
1: arahatu,
0: Sama sambudasa. Namu tassa, bhagavatu, arahatu, samma, sambudasa. Namu tassa, Bhagavato Arahato Samma Samudasa Buddhantamang Sangam Namasami. Every time we sit down to do our practice, it's good to reflect on how we've spent our day or our time, remembering what has happened, what is happening in our lives. And whatever happens is there to teach us. It's an instrument that is teaching us. Even if it's unpleasant, it's teaching us what we need to know, and what we need to learn the most. We don't have to look very far. I notice for myself how I'm gradually able to welcome the painful or the unpleasant a little bit maybe not welcome, but at least accept enough to be able to study it. And for years, I wouldn't have been able to do that. I might have run away from, avoided, or denied that as much as possible. So welcoming in what is difficult, and hard to welcome. That's only the first step. It's the beginning of a process, a long process of undoing, unwinding the damage that has been done within us. At least taking down the barriers that we ourselves have created to seeing and understanding how we've been damaged or how we've been hurt, why we feel this hurt or this pain from what happens. And then learning to set boundaries that we need to make our lives more into a field of goodness, And peace for ourselves, for each other. So, how do we do this? How do we unwind? How do we take things apart and study what needs to be looked at more closely? And how do we offer ourselves safety? doing this? Are we ready to do this? We have to begin from where we are and gradually move to the next level or the next depth of practice. I noticed that when I learned how to welcome or receive what is painful, acknowledge it, bring it close into view, understand it, see the difficulty and why there's resistance. I can begin to look for the source and that's a much more involved kind of work means sifting through my conditioning or the conditioning of this mind and this body so that I can notice where I'm really caught, where I get stuck. What hurts the most? What makes me tremble? I think we can compare this to the practice of being mindful, mindful of the breath from the beginning when we meditate and take refuge right then and there. That's when the path arises. And into that we can weave in the thread of loving kindness and compassion like a bomb, to help us withstand, to help us contain and maybe feel, get closer to something that is really unbearable, has always felt unbearable, we're just learning how to bear that, to make it bearable. No matter how much this I, the sense of self, dies in the shadows of our own ignorance, of my own ignorance, I still have to gently coax myself back to life with mercy and compassion. You could say with compassionate humor. This is not easy to do, but that's no excuse for us not to try and undertake this task. So I'm learning. We can learn to laugh. I laugh at myself. I help myself to defragment, just like the computer, I defragment my computer. If the only meaning of life is to act from and for whatever I treasure and to uphold it above everything else, then it's worth going through this kind of painful process. Maybe painful, maybe not. The spiritual work that we're trying to do demands and requires this kind of unconditional one pointedness. So we have to keep our mental radar working sharply all the time. Just like when we drive a car. If you drive, you never take your eyes off the road because you might hit someone or swerve into a ditch. And our human condition is ruled by greed. We want our cake, and we also want to eat it. We do a little bit, and then we compromise a little bit. And we expect that to work. But that's like holding an umbrella over your head that has holes in it and expecting that it's going to keep us dry. Do you think it's going to keep us dry? No. No, it's not. No way. So I realized that what I have to do is let go the rubbish and hold on to the jewels of the heart. But how do we do that? How do we do that? Day by day, hour by hour, moment by moment, practice. Just like every day on the material plane, we're really happy to take out the garbage. I like taking out the rubbish and I'll fill bags of rubbish and have them put outside before they start to smell. Every day we have bags of compost, plastic, and other recyclables. And we sort them. We deposit them in the right container. We don't put food garbage with recyclables because it'll be harder to recycle them. Or you keep them around long enough, they'll start to smell. So this means a lot of vigilance. And if we're slack, the rubbish accumulates, and then we have to tie it up, and it's heavier to carry it outside and squeeze it into your big rubbish bin. As for clearing up and removing the rubbish of the mind, that job is totally ours. There's no one that comes and collects it. No one. No service that will collect our mental garbage. That's why we have to do it constantly. Rubbish accumulates and we have to keep emptying it out. But I've been noticing how much it accumulates in there. And it it means I have to have this unrelenting sacrifice and renunciation so that I'm spilling out the rubbish. I'm emptying it out. Is it giving up? Giving it up? and clearing it out. But in return, there's a happiness, a purity, uncompromised. And it gives me the ground for an incomparable peace and contentment. Maybe contentment with Whatever's happening, maybe just a new breath or nothing. Not being anybody in this whole wide world. Just this being perched here in my little kuti in the forest, pouring through my books and the hours of my life. We have to go to a state of non-duality, to the state of mind or heart that doesn't have a me or a you in it, just a connection in the true reality that is greater than all the you's and me's combined. And it's too pure to even be described in that kind of language. We can't know that reality through thoughts, but only through our own hearts. Not through someone else's heart, but through our own hearts. Through feeling our pain, through feeling our brokenness, our attachment, our enslavement to objects or experiencing things a certain way, the experiences of life that we're so driven by or attached to. And we have to know them for what they are. They're empty and they have no power except the power that we give them. And knowing that, we turn our minds, our hearts, to unconditional love. Through wise compassion through being with the totality of this one moment, letting everything be in one great bow of acceptance. Whatever happens, we listen. We listen to and believe what the mind turns up as something untrue, even dangerous. So our listening has to be a penetrating, acute kind of listening. I don't mean acute. (laughs) I mean acute, like sharp, discerning, and wise, so that we know What is true and what is false? And we know the difference between true and false. We know truth when it's there. We hold it. We protect it. We turn it over and over in our minds by seeing things with new eyes and with a penetrating vision. That's how we learn. So maybe what once appeared to be real may fade, and the true qualities of what we are seeing emerge, and we see more clearly. Not everybody has the chance to witness their suffering, to really be a witness, objective, observing, apart from, enough to learn from it. For many of us, suffering comes in more subtle ways than physical disease or disability. Or it might come heavy, like in depression, obsession, or addiction. With physical pain and degeneration, the heart is moved and challenged. Our emotions are emote, they e mote. Not email, but emote. And so they move us and we react to the pain in the body or the pain in the heart. These things are big shakers, movers. But we can find in that movement, we can find the stillness within us. We just have to take one moment, whenever we can, to breathe quietly and to bring our thoughts to stillness, to bring our opinions to stillness, to stop the opinions, to stop the judgments, the worries, the anxiety the lack of sense of control. We don't really control, but we want to be in control. And so to stop that wanting for a moment and just feel what that feels like, come back into the center of feeling, of being, the still point, from there in the mind itself from which we can watch. We can watch everything that's happening to us, to the body, to the heart, to the mind, without jumping, just being still. We watch the thoughts, we watch our feelings, we watch opinions, worries, and we know them for what they are. They're impermanent, They hurt or they feel good, but they don't belong to us. They just come and go. We can't hold on to any of it. The anger, the joy, the autumn leaves, the sunshine, all of it just arising and ceasing. The more we bear witness to it, We see that, we see the fear, the sense of loss, we watch, and we know this is not me. Where is the me? If we can witness in this way and breathe quite peacefully, That's a moment of freedom. So we practice watching what's happening in the body, in the mind, and bearing witness to it. And then we can take responsibility. What does that mean? It means that we have a choice To respond peacefully to everything, instead of reacting in the usual ways. Liking, disliking, holding on, attaching, running, and the mind going wild with thoughts. Maybe that's a bit like what a mountain climber experiences going up a mountain. Unbelievable storms, freezing temperatures, weakness, lack of oxygen. feeling unable to put one foot in front of another, slipping on ice, cut by the wind, dizzying heights, walking blind in a desert of snow or sun. mighty glaciers stretching into the horizon. And that sense of isolation. Sometimes life is like climbing a mountain. But when we're on this Path of Dhamma. We keep climbing, we keep going. Even if it seems to stretch on forever, we don't give up. And whatever goodness comes from our climbing. We rejoice in that and we find an incredible resource of strength to keep going. And What we find is that we go deeper into the depths, the heights are an internal height, the Everest is actually within us. And when we go deeper, the view becomes more and more. Breathtaking. That's the freedom that the Buddha talked about, the freedom of going inward, where we find real seclusion from the world, and we no longer struggle. May we all come to that interior Himalaya.